0: again, friends. Welcome to Help with Ashley Yagi. I'm glad you are here. The last episode of each month, I like to share a favorite resource. I can't let this month of increasing happiness go by without sharing today's resource with you. My hope is that this is something you're already familiar with in a very real way, but it's always good to have the reminder and a little bit more background information. So first, here's a little brain education to start us off. This is an excerpt from a book I started writing once, so if that ever comes to fruition, here's a sneak peek. It says, Our brains are truly incredible. They process massive amounts of information in very short amounts of time, helping us know what to focus on. They organize information in order to automate the vast majority of our thinking and action. They are constantly being updated, and most importantly, we can intentionally program and update them. So what do we need to know about our brains? Would it help to know that our brains are always looking for worst case scenarios? What about that they have discounting mechanisms that leave us forgetting about the things that make us happy? How about the fact that they are designed to keep us on the path of least resistance, not taking risks or trying new things? I love the analogy that our brains are like a computer. If you've ever owned a computer, how many times do you remember having to do an update? I have some old computers, so for me, it's a lot of times the software gets outdated. My favorite thing about our brains is that we can override it. We have the ability to think about our thinking. We are like the programmer, or even just the consumer, who can tell the computer what we want it to do or where to focus its energy. We can say yes or no to the things that pop up. We can put protections in place. We can even take it to someone else and have them help us look for problems in the programming or the settings. One downside to our brains is that evolution is an extremely slow process. So unfortunately, our brains are still very similar to the brains of our primitive ancestors who did not have easy access to food, shelter, safety, or communities. They needed to be constantly looking for danger and saving energy for those dangerous situations they came upon. But in our modern world, dangers are the exception rather than the rule, right? We are much more likely to be safe than in danger, but our brains aren't programmed to run that way. Knowing this, we can talk back to our brains. We can tell ourselves that we're safe, that chances of danger are low, and that we can relax. We can notice this pop-up warning, thank our computer for helping us be safe, and then we can click out of the warning box and move on. The idea of our brain being a discounting mechanism is discussed in the novel Where'd You Go, Bernadette by Maria Semple in the following excerpt. The dad says, have you ever heard that the brain is a discounting mechanism? His daughter replies, no. The dad says, let's say you get a present and open it and it's a fabulous diamond necklace. Initially, you're delirious with happiness, jumping up and down. You're so excited. The next day, the necklace still makes you happy, but less so. After a year, you see the necklace and you think, oh, that old thing? You know why your brain does that? The daughter replies, nuh-uh. The dad says, it's for survival. You need to be prepared for novel experiences because they often signal danger. If you live in a jungle full of fragrant flowers, you have to stop being so overwhelmed by the lovely smell because otherwise you couldn't smell a predator. That's why your brain is considered a discounting mechanism it's literally a matter of survival. So, it's a good thing to be aware of, right? But don't you want to make the joy that comes from getting that diamond necklace last just a little bit longer? I know I would. This is the thing that brains do that gets me a little up in arms. (laughs) I don't need to smell predators. I want to relish in the joys around me. I want to be able to notice the wonder in each day. I don't want to skip ahead looking for the next new thing that needs to be on my radar. A missionary, shout out to Elder Sterling, once told me you have to stretch the good moments. Stretch out the dating and the wonder of falling in love. Stretch out the birthday dinners and the spur of the moment laughing fits. Stop being in a hurry all the time. The antidote for this discounting mechanism in our brain is gratitude. We intentionally tell our brains to be looking for the good things, to notice again the little things that we appreciate or that brought us great joy. So that ends the excerpt from my book and introduces today's resource, Gratitude, Keeping a Gratitude Journal or Having a Gratitude Practice. It is proven in research again and again and again that gratitude reprograms our brains to be happier. Did you hear that? It reprograms them to be happier. And it also helps us to become more resilient or better able to handle stress. So huge benefits, right? And all we have to do is have a little thought about things we're grateful for. So if you want to increase your happiness and joy, incorporate a routine practice of gratitude into your life. This also helps us recognize the hand of the Lord in our lives and in turn invites him to bless us more abundantly. Gratitude is the antidote. To be a happier people, we need to be a thankful people. Elder Uchtdorf, who was President Uchtdorf at the time of this talk, said the following, the talk is called Grateful in Any Circumstances. He says, quote, everyone's situation is different and the details of each life are unique. Nevertheless, I have learned that there is something that would take away the bitterness that may come into our lives. There is one thing we can do to make life sweeter, more joyful, even glorious. We can be grateful. It might sound contrary to the wisdom of the world to suggest that one who is burdened with sorrow should give thanks to God. But those who set aside the bottle of bitterness and lift instead the goblet of gratitude can find a purifying drink of healing, peace, and understanding. As disciples of Christ, we are commanded to, quote, thank the Lord our God in all things, To quote, sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving, end quote, and to quote, let our heart be full of thanks unto God, end quote. So, why does God command us to be grateful? All of His commandments are given to make blessings available to us. Commandments are opportunities to exercise our agency and to receive blessings. Our loving Heavenly Father knows that choosing to develop a spirit of gratitude will bring us true joy and great happiness. We can choose to be grateful no matter what. This type of gratitude transcends whatever is happening around us. It surpasses disappointment, discouragement, and despair. It blooms just as beautifully in the icy landscape of winter as it does in the pleasant warmth of summer. When we are grateful to God in our circumstances, we can experience gentle peace in the midst of tribulation. In grief, we can still lift up our hearts in praise In pain, we can glory in Christ's atonement. In the cold of bitter sorrow, we can experience the closeness and warmth of heaven's embrace. We sometimes think that being grateful is what we do after our problems are solved, but how terribly short-sighted that is. How much of life do we miss by waiting to see the rainbow before thanking God that there is rain? End quote. I love that talk. It has so many good gems in there. So you can go check it out to read the whole thing or review the whole thing. I also want to uh, point out that during the height of the COVID nineteen pandemic and in the midst of a divided nation, President Nelson prescribed gratitude as the antidote that could heal our fractured relationships and communities. Do you guys remember the video he put out in November of twenty twenty? He invited us to be grateful to incorporate a practice of gratitude into our lives for seven days so we can do this now we can do this every day we can make it a regular practice and it will increase our joy it will increase our happiness it will help us to be more resilient and better able to handle stress so what does that look like in practice It looks like keeping a gratitude journal. It looks like prayers of gratitude. It looks like lifting up our hearts in praise to God for all He's done, His marvelous plan for the amazing transcendent gift of the atonement of Jesus Christ. It looks like going on a nature walk and thinking of all the things that you're grateful for. It looks like texting a friend something you're grateful for. It looks like posting on social media things that you're grateful for. It looks like thinking about things you're grateful for every day. It looks like getting an app where you can record things that you're grateful for, or even just opening up notes to add something every day. So think of three things a day. Think of at least one thing a day. It doesn't have to be things. It can just be a spirit of gratitude. It looks like expressing gratitude to people for the things that they do. It looks like having grateful thoughts as you're going to bed. It looks like acknowledging the hand of the Lord in our lives. There's no right or wrong way to do this practice. We want to have it be consistent and simple. That's all it needs to be. So if there's anything that I could give you that would be easy and simple to incorporate into your life to increase your happiness, it is gratitude. So my summary in 60 seconds or less is this. Be grateful. Incorporate a practice of gratitude and thankfulness into your life on a daily basis. Think of one thing or five things every day that you're grateful for. This can heal relationships. It can heal families. It can heal communities. It can heal you. Focusing on the things that we're grateful for will make a big difference. It is the antidote to the discounting mechanism in our brain that keeps us from recognizing again and again the things in our lives that we can be grateful for. Gratitude is also a commandment from God, and with commandments come great promises. Heavenly Father knows that if we practice gratitude, we will be happier. So I want to reiterate President Uchtdorf's promise that when we are grateful to God in our circumstances, we can experience gentle peace in the midst of tribulation In grief, we can lift up our hearts in praise. In pain, we can glory in Christ's atonement. In the cold of bitter sorrow, we can experience the closeness and warmth of heaven's embrace. There are great blessings in store for us. We are receiving great blessings all the time. One of the most common words in the Book of Mormon is the word remember. If we remember all the wonderful things that God has done for us, if we remember the beauty of the atonement of Jesus Christ, if we remember to acknowledge the people around us who do great things for us, if we recognize God's tender mercies, we are richly blessed. And even in our trials and our sorrows, we can lift our hearts in gratitude and praise to our Father in Heaven because He has conquered all those things. So I hope that you can incorporate a spirit of gratitude into your life. Find a way use a habit hook, hook it to something that you're already doing, find a time to make it a regular practice. And as you do, you will see an increase of happiness in your life. And don't we all want to be a little happier? I know I do. I hope you have a wonderful week, a wonderful day, and that you can recognize the many things that you have to be thankful for in your life. Thank you, my friends. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening. I hope you're finding value in this content. If you are, you can leave a five-star review in iTunes, which would help a lot with others being able to find this podcast as well. We can learn the easy tools for being a happier people. Thanks for listening. The content shared is for educational and informational purposes only. It should not be used for diagnosing or treating a mental health problem.